0: Like how you decide which sperm to use, the cold, hard truth of fertility, your reality of dating as a single mother who doesn't have a co-parent to rely on for occasional child care,
1: and what it's actually like
0: to parent as an SMC. This is the Mocha Single Mothers by Choice podcast. Hey, everyone. So it's been a couple of weeks since we have had a podcast released. And part of the reason is because we have been super busy mamas. And so we wanted to take this time in this episode to update everyone on how we've been doing what's been going on in the world of Mocha SMC. So Aisha, you want to start out? How's your two weeks been going?
1: So my two weeks were interesting. Uh So I think at the beginning of the season, I mentioned that I had started dating again. So I got on the dating app. And so I got a connection and, uh, the one guy seemed normal. And my definition of normal is someone mm-hmm. that seemed <laughs> normal. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> my definition of normal is that if I saw this person in a grocery store or at a wine event, and they came up to me and was talking to me and offered to exchange numbers, would I give them my number? So this was a gentleman that I was like, yeah, I would give my number two. And so we'd had a few conversations. So I tried something a bit different with this date that I didn't ask a whole lot of questions. We talked about pie and food the entire time because he's a chef. Um, Right. This is the
0: guy that you went on a date with. So you already had a first date. So So, uh, I know we've uh, talked about this before about like not going on the first date in in a venue that would require you to get a sitter. So you did your due diligence, right? You went on your
1: first date. Right. And so, so, you know, we, we had the conversation about the SMC. We didn't have the conversation about what that means. So that's my, my bad. Um, But we did, you know, plan like, yeah, we enjoyed each other's um, vibe and we wanted to get together again. So we scheduled to go out the following weekend. Um, But he had had a short trip in between like a Wednesday Thursday. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, we'll talk on Friday. So Friday came and went. And as we got down to the wire, like I was I had had a haggard week and I was feeling exhausted. But I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do this because I got to be in this. And mm-hmm. so on Wednesday after the call, while we were on the call, I was like, yes, I have to set up a babysitter. So I actually said that in the conversation, I'm going mm-hmm. to sign, you know, get the babysitter. And so Friday, as we got into like eight o'clock, I'm like, you know, adults typically will confirm, like, hey, yeah, we're we still on for, you know, tomorrow. So no word, no word, no word. And I went to bed, woke up at, you know, my regular time um on Saturday. And at 12 midnight, he had sent me a message like, yeah, I don't think, you know, tomorrow's gonna work. And so I'm just like, so had yeah. I not reached out it was a, it was already 12 midnight. So you were canceling, Uh but had I not reached out, were you going to cancel a few hours before? Uh Um, Uh But so, um, so that happened, but I had already gotten a sitter and I don't play with people's money. So I'm not going to cancel the sitter. So I was just like, So what happened was on Friday, before I heard back from him, I was uh, texting with one of my friends and I was just like, you know, how late should I consider it a cancellation? It's just like, to be perfectly honest, he should have already confirmed. So I was like, okay cool. I was like, okay, so here are my contingencies. If I don't hear from him, I started looking up spas and I was like, but are you available to like, go get drinks and let's do this mama's night out? Um, Mm -hmm. She could not because she was out of town. So I was just like, okay, cool. But I already had the spa lined up. So I was just waiting for him to cancel Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to have to either. I didn't want to be on the hook for a spa. So once he canceled, you know, I was disappointed because that's not what adults do. Um, but I know that that's yeah. kind of in the dating world, but anyway, I had the sitter. So I was like, okay, cool. So I asked her if she can come earlier so that I can go do my spa appointment. So I got a 90 minutes massage, which that's was awesome. awesome. And I'm just like laying there and it was just, it just felt so nice. I didn't have to rush cause I had to mm-hmm. sit her for five hours. So got the girl's pizza, you know, did the spa and then, you know, I had some time to so put it around and then I went to grocery shop, didn't have to worry about being rushed walked the aisles, you know. thought yeah, out, So anyway, so that was kind of a lemon to lemonade story, but it actually pushed me to get a sitter because you know how you say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. But unless you have that catalytic event that makes you kind of actually execute on it, you probably Mm -hmm. won't. So I'm glad I got the sitter. She was great. And so now I have a three month subscription. So I'm thinking if I can budget for it, I'll get the sitter probably another two times, you know, try to do it three times a month. Um, Because my oldest daughter was like, mommy, she was so excited for the sitter. And she was like, well, mommy, I really need you know, I'm excited for the sitter. Cause I need a break from you. And, you know, she said it in her seven year old way. That's awesome. I, I think she meant it and I got it. Cause yeah. I was like, yeah, I need a break from y'all too. And so that was that. And if
0: it's the right sitter, I mean, the kids get super excited about it because it's another adult to give them attention, which yeah. is something kids love. And yeah. I think what is also really important about this is right now in the middle of a pandemic, cause we're still in a pandemic. People are extra nervous about getting sitters and things. Mm -hmm. And I think that being able to find someone you trust is super important because we have all been just around our kids for the past two years Uh with really too much, like almost like overexposure, right? Especially when our kids were home and not going through school. So Mm -hmm. it's super important for us to have that time to be an adult, go out and do adult things. And even if that's like walking through the aisles at Target without the concern that you're like, you've got to rush back because somebody needs mm-hmm. to be picked up from school or something. Right. Yeah.
1: And she wore a mask the entire time she was here.
0: Which so, is great. Cause that's one of those yeah.
1: things where I think as
0: long, we all have to take calculated risks, right? Like, I think that if I were to say one, one nugget of truth for this episode, it would be we are, this pandemic is not going anywhere. And we have to learn to live with it. And so just being able to figure out what your comfort level is and just doing the best you can to try and mitigate the, the, as many risks as possible, but, you know, keep living your life because we can't look up in five years and be like, oh my gosh, I've, I haven't had a date because I'm too afraid to go out, you know, or get a sitter. So good on you.
1: So speaking of travel. Who's been out of the country? Yeah.
0: So I won't say through caution to the wind, because I definitely did like a very premeditated (laughs) plan. But last year was my 40th birthday, and I didn't get to go anywhere. And I had planned on going to Costa Rica last year, but Mm -hmm. didn't because of COVID. And so I told myself last year, like, I'm going for my 41st, right? So Mm -hmm. my birthday is on October 11th. And so I was like I'm going to go and I'm taking my kids and we're going to do the thing. So <laughs> I have been planning this trip for the past few months and I took my mom with me because when I go on a trip like this, I typically don't go by myself with my kids because it ends up being not enjoyable because not having, you know, enough enough hands is is a problem. So I um I paid for my mom's way there, which I thought was fair since she was going to help me with the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I have mentioned this before when I went to Peru when my older daughter was pretty young, I paid for my sister to come Mm -hmm. because it's just, you know, having the extra set of hands, it's like a win-win. They get a trip and you have somebody helping with kids. Yes, Yes. Anyway, I was super nervous because, you know, my kids aren't vaccinated yet. And even though my mom and I are, they're not. And so the biggest concern for me was really plane travel. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's when you, you know, everybody has to wear a mask, but you know how people are, right. There's people who like are nose breathers, you know, where they have their nose popped out and, you know, not everybody has the same level of, of sensitivity when it comes to that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I got both of my kids K KM- and K and 95 mask fit. We got little visors for them and it was, it was relatively good. We did have a couple of people who sat around us. were you know, trying to test the limits of what the mask mandate was mm-hmm. But for the most part. The stewardesses were really good about being like, Hey, this is how you wear a mask and this is how you don't wear a mask. Right. right. So yeah, was I was super comfortable with that. And then upon re-entry to the U.S everyone actually has to have a negative test before they get on a flight to come back. Mm-hmm. So the flight going back, I was like pretty comfortable because I knew that everybody had to test. I would say that one thing that was really interesting is that Costa Rica as a company country is taking this way more seriously than the U S mm-hmm. um, the hotels were, were super clean. And we went to uh, we stayed in Tabacon uh, hot springs for the first like half of the trip. Uh It was so great. So the resort there was, I was actually, I had pretty low expectations when it came to kid friendliness, because I know hot springs are like the place you hook up, right? Like couples Uh will go there for a romantic weekend or whatever. So Uh I was like, is this going to be really kid friendly? But I will say that they brought their A game. Like they had these little, uh, they had these little robes for the kids in their sizes. Uh Uh They were so cute that I like bought them because I was like, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Uh And, um, it wasn't very crowded because they capped how many people could go into the hot springs. Uh And then there were also certain pools that were only for hotel guests. So many times we were like the only ones, you know, probably Uh most of the time we were like the only ones there. Uh And the pool at the hotel was also fed by the hot springs. And every morning they would like fill it back up. Uh And so it was like warm. And the temperature was amazing because we're in the mountains and it was just, it was the rainy season, but it was really, it would basically pour for like half an hour a day. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the day, it was just like really great temperature. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the hotel was just amazing. Like they were really, it was just a really good experience. Breakfast was amazing. Uh, the little town that was next to it was really quaint and the people were really nice. Uh, and then The next half
1: of the trip, we went to the middle of nowhere. No, you can't go to another country and then go to an island off of that country.
0: No, so Mm. it wasn't really it wasn't really, I would call it like an inlet, but you couldn't Uh get there without going on a boat or a plane. So I'm the type of traveler where like I don't I don't relax well, I don't sit still well. Mm -hmm. So I like going places and having adventures. So like My older daughter and I went zip lining and we're just, you know, crazy about that whole thing. And so when we went to the middle of nowhere, (laughs) I came to the realization that I am like way too bougie (laughs) to go back to hostile life. And so it was also really hard with kids because it was hot and they're complaining. But I will say like overall, the thing that was really great about it was getting past that fear of just not doing anything which I guess is like similar to your experience getting a sitter. It's like, we kind of have to rip off the bandaid and we have to just figure out how to live our lives. And so for me, that's what this was. It was like, I'm going to figure out how to live my life and do the best I can to stay safe.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm very proud that you did it. And Costa Rica is one of my favorite places. And so, um, I'm just, yeah, every time you talk about the hot springs, I'm like, can I get one of those in my backyard?
0: Oh, it's amazing. (laughs) So I, like, honestly, if I were to buy a house somewhere else, I think Costa Rica would be on my list of places because it was such a, it was such a beautiful country and the people are so amazing. And it was just an easy place to be.
1: And when I, when I went, they were really patient with your poquito espanol. And so. Uh And, and So I one think. thing I noticed also is
0: that like, so I speak Portuguese and uh-huh. it's like very similar. Most of the words uh-huh. are like very similar, but the accent's very different. Uh-huh. And so I was super frustrated because when I would be speaking, they were looking at me like I had three heads and I was like, this is crazy because I know <laughs> that I'm using the right word, but my accent uh-huh. was all wrong. So yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm glad I'm glad you went. I'm glad um the girls, you know, went, and it looked like it was an amazing vacation. So kudos to you. It was. I think
0: it's hard, though. Like one thing I also noticed, and I know we both have really little kids who don't really remember pre-covid. And I know with my youngest, I think what really this has shown me it well, okay, I should say for the first year and a half, we didn't go anywhere. Like, we didn't go anywhere. Like I didn't bring them to the grocery store, nothing. Mm -hmm. And so my littlest really is just like first starting to experience the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes I take for granted the fact that she, or I I just don't realize, or I forget that she hasn't really had all these experiences. And so we, we literally went from like the house to a different country. And so I think she really had a hard time with like, just there were just too many different experiences all at once. And so she had a lot of moments where um, she wanted to be held in the pack because it was like just too much. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think we all kind of had to be conscious of that.
1: I've experienced the same um, with the baby. Like whenever we were we're near, you know, quite a few farms and farm parks. And with my eldest, we were always at the farm, always seeing the Mm -hmm. animals the dogs, you know, my, my daughter is just an animal lover, the big girl, and Mm -hmm. the baby is having none of it. She's just like, no, she, she clings to me, you know, the dogs, you know, domestic animals, farm animals, you know, she's just clinging to me. And I realized that she was just born at the beginning of the pandemic. Like she had just turned about six or seven months when the pandemic hit. So she had not been out the house either. So hadn't had all of that exposure, roaming the streets and the neighborhoods and touching stuff and all of the noise. And so, yeah, so that's spot on. Mm-hmm. Just more And I
0: also noticed, like, I don't know if you've noticed how your kids My my youngest, especially, she's like very militant about wearing her mask, which is really funny. And she also has interesting social anxieties. Like she, and she she has, you know how kids are like, they they absorb the rules, right? They're like very rule oriented at that Mm -hmm. age. Even if they don't necessarily follow it, they know what the rule should be. Mm -hmm. And when the mailman comes up, she like instinctively retreats, like we'll be on the porch and she'll retreat like six feet. (laughs) <laughs> uh-huh. until he puts the mail down and then she'll go get it. So it's interesting uh-huh. that she's like picked up all of these things that are very yeah. like yeah. COVID related.
1: It is very, very interesting to watch them navigate the world. Okay, so other things that happened while you were out. So however, while you were out, Three of the admin were holding down the space. And so, (laughs) and luckily you were able to chime in just a little bit. So there was this, there are, there were a few articles or conversations that have been being had across three, the three spaces that we navigate in. And over this time, there was also a single mothers by choice conference.
0: And tell me about the conference. Let's talk about that for a minute. I was literally on a plane when that was happening. So I was sad that I had to miss it, but I'm wondering what your thoughts were.
1: So in general, it was a good conference, you know, lots of good information, information that I've I've been aware of. But if you're new to being an SMC or you're trying to broaden your understanding of just different conception options, it was good. I would have liked to have seen more diversity. And I say that because I think we got involved in having conversations with the national organization kind of later in the game, September, October time frame. And I remember having conversations years ago um, with Jane and I was just like, you know, it's really hard to back into diversity, right? That you have to kind of start yeah. with the, a lens to diversity at stage zero and then everything that comes after that is based on looking for diversity, actively seeking it out. Um, But we got involved or started having conversations about it in September. And by then a year after planning had started and you could tell it's just like, Mm -hmm. okay, so majority of, I think there were only two moderators out of, and I took, I took a tally. I took notes. I think there were only two black moderators out of the, um, entire session, um, they it was very heter- heterocentric, it was very conception um, centric, like IUI, IVF um, yeah. centric, donor, known donor, um, it could have definitely used more um, topics regard, regarding um, adoption, it could have had more topics that are important to people of color, Could have talked Mm -hmm. about racial adoptions, things like that. Um, It definitely could have had, um, like, there, it could have it could have been like a savory stew, right? Whereas you meld together just the different identities where it was very ableist as well. And so, you know, um, they're, they're, you know since these are neuroatypical or neurodiverse, you've got um, people with varying degrees of abilities or disabilities. And so that could have been represented better. Uh, it, yeah, we could have had uh, the gender spectrum better represented. Um, so, so yeah, there were definitely things that could have been done better, but overall for a general experience, I'd say it was good. And, you know, the people in our space who attended said it was good content, but definitely almost everybody noted the lack of diversity.
0: So what I think is interesting, and this is probably, I think it's, it's not just our space or the conference or, you know, any space specifically. I've been thinking a lot recently about the communities in general and how much we sway towards getting pregnant. Because Mm -hmm. to me, it's like, yes, like getting pregnant is a journey in and of itself, right? And all of us, you know, have varying lengths of the marathon that we take to get pregnant. But once you're pregnant, that's kind of like a blip on the radar, right? Because in the span of your the rest of your life or your child's life, it's just a moment, you know? And, (laughs) and so I wish that as a community we could be a little bit more balanced with how we talk about all the issues along the way because i think even women who are in that trying phase or the thinking phase i think they could benefit from some of the information that might come out of people who are actively parenting because if you stay in that mindset of trying and you're just keep your you're hyper obsessed about you know the iui and your cycle and whether you're going to have a trigger shot you aren't thinking ahead of like what are you going to do when you get pregnant because you're not going to become unpregnant right like you're going to have this baby and then the life is going to start and i think it's really it's relevant to think about the fact that many of us once we have these babies you know we're not going around wearing smc on our shoulders right and 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 making that like a big part of our public identity we are living our lives and parenting our kids yeah so i just i wish that we could we could be a little bit more balanced. And I know that this is not something that, you know, the one space struggles with alone. I think it's something that is an issue across the board, but something that I've been thinking a lot about lately, just how to how to be a little bit more balanced with that.
1: Well, I will tell you, I just, I start posting now about the random things that go through my head, right? Because I think when you're in the the thick of parenting, like you, you don't have a lot of time but you do have a lot of downtime like in your head. Right. And so you, you got crazy thoughts that go through your head, like, huh, if, right. if an, a zombie apocalypse happened, am I ready? Right. Like, you know, <laughs> I need to have a fire plan. So or I need like- to have drills in my house, right? So you start thinking, what am I going to do with five pumpkins? Right. And so I think if more of the people who were parenting brought those neurotic thoughts and ideas into mm-hmm. our space we would kind of feel more normal about what we do with the 30 minutes we have before bed and we're yeah speaking
0: of the 30 minutes before bed I (laughs) um I recorded my kids in the bathtub like the the sound of them earlier because it was so insanely hilarious and I'm gonna try to see if we can capture this because it's like really funny and it captures like just the the dynamic between the two of them. And it was a moment Mm -hmm. where I thought to myself, what did the older one do without the little one? Because they're so incredibly hilarious together.
1: I could definitely imagine the scene. All right. So I do want to make
0: sure that we get to a couple of issues that have come up in the space. I wouldn't say issues, like they're topics, right? And it's interesting because They're highly debated topics and we've had a couple of articles that people have continuously tried to post in the space. Sometimes they try to post like without commentary, which I personally hate because it's like spamming a space. It's like, okay, look, if you're gonna if you're gonna put an article out there that might be contentious, at least
1: pick a side.
0: Well, and like, you know, explain why you posted it and what kind of conversation you want to have about it, right? So for example, one of the articles is an article, this basically a debate about should donors be able to be anonymous, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is very hotly contested because many of us use donor to anonymous, right? And I think we can't talk about this topic of anonymity without having the conversation about Black donors because many Black donors choose anonymity, right? Mm-hmm. For lots of reasons. So that there is a racial lens there. But That being said, if you're going to post an article about that, I think an appropriate commentary perhaps could be this issue continues to come up and it makes me nervous about or it makes me upset because, you know, I chose an anonymous donor and I'm glad that I had the option or perhaps you're on the side of like, you don't think donors should be able to be anonymous, but whatever it is, join the conversation. Don't just drop the bomb and leave. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, so that's my thing. It's like, you know, sometimes it feels if like in these spaces that people will just drop a bomb and walk away, like let the dog spend, let drop a piece mm-hmm. of meat and let the rabbit dogs go for it. And it's just like, yeah, that's not cool. Like if you're going to be in there, if you're going to drop an incendiary conversation, be around to engage in that conversation and in a thoughtful way. Another, article that keeps trying to make its way and actually showed up at the SMC conference was an article about um, a same-sex uh, couple who went into a co-parenting agreement with um, a patient of one of the um, the women, one of the partners. And they went and allegedly got a, 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 an agreement drawn up And it was a co-parenting agreement. So this article keeps trying to make its way into the space. And we keep rejecting it because it's one, it's a a couple, so it's not an SMC situation. And it is a co-parenting situation, which again, is not single motherhood. Um, I could see the article is entertaining or titillating or, you know, interesting, you know, but the commentary that will typically come with this article is this is why I didn't choose a known donor, or this is why you you should Mm -hmm. go with a sperm bank or what have you. And, you know, there's a flip side to that conversation because someone who used a known donor can easily say, and this is why I chose a known donor. And this is why I didn't, you know, do. Also that's not a known donor. That's a dad, right? So
0: like if you choose to have a, child with somebody who, who, who you are expecting to parent that, that kid, that's not a donor, that's a dad. And even if you're not in a relationship with that person, you have chosen to have a child with someone else who also sees that child as their child. Right. So I think that there is always risk in, in having a child that way, be it a couple that gets pregnant or what have you, because You don't have control over how that person feels about the situation, how that person feels about your situation. How that might change over time. And how that might change. Like so, I think one of the risks is that you may think that this person is your friend, but let's say you get into a relationship with someone this person does not like around their kid. That's somebody who is also a parent, right? And that goes both ways. You could also have feelings about somebody that he has in his, his life. And even if you have no romantic interest in this person, you don't know how you're gonna feel and they don't know how they're gonna feel when the when the you know rubber hits the road. So uh-huh. I think that that is we have to acknowledge that that is definitely a thing, but that's not an SMC situation. And so I do think that there's risks though, like I think the one cautionary tale here is that if you choose a known donor, It is nearly impossible to have someone, you know, give up their parental rights via some kind of, some kind of paperwork pre child. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of situations where if this person maintains any contact with the child, and I know many situations have been set up that there's some kind of contact with the donor, you just, you're taking a risk and it's not to say that the risk isn't worthwhile because i know that it it's one of those things where you kind of weigh what what you care about right if you care more about your child having some connection to this biological someone that they can and see and someone they can see <laughs> and talk to and whatnot then maybe it's worth the risk for you but i definitely think that for me the cautionary tale is that it doesn't come without risk and we kind of go back to the concept of choose your heart right so you decide what you want to put up with and what sorts of risks you're unwilling to put up with. Personally, for me, I was unwilling to put up with the risk of someone trying to stake claim on my kid. And I knew it was a risk that my kids wouldn't know this person, right? I know that it's something that I'm going to have to deal with when they're older and start asking questions. And I'm also not going to project how they're going to feel about this. So it's something that is very risky because they could decide that they don't hate it. And I'm going to have to deal with that. Right. Um, and but so, I'm also going to be, I am secure in my decision to do it. And I'm going
1: to explain why I did things that way. Right. Right. So, yeah, so so kind of going with the the whole choose your heart thing, we will have a full episode in season three where we talk about choose your heart and break it down. Um, but throughout this entire conversation, we talked about travel, we've talked about dating, we've talked about um, conferences, we've talked about using an anonymous donor, a known donor. And at the the center of all of this are choices. So we get to make choices as SMCs, you know, we get to make choices in how we parent, you know, and it all comes down to choosing your heart because none of this is easy, right? And so you choose to make the decisions, understanding that there are going to be some hard times, but parenting is hard. Being a a single parent is hard, but you get to choose that hard. And, you know, we've obviously chosen this path. And so to that, we said. I just
0: appreciate I appreciate all of you for hanging in there with us through two seasons and Mm -hmm. yeah, we look forward to sharing more about what it's like to, to parent these kids and, uh, navigate these waters and yeah, have a great week.
1: All right. Bye now. Well pod. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you like what you heard, share us with your girlfriends. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So tell us what you thought of this episode on social media. On Facebook, we are at Mocha SMC podcast. And on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Mocha SMC. You can find additional information on the topics from the podcast at our website at MochaSMC.com. Till next time, pod. Bye now.